Hello and welcome to Bread Theory. Um, so uh, for those of you new to the show, uh, what we do on Sunday nights is, is kind of just whatever. It's, it's, it's a, a, a loose, um, just kind of whatever striking my fancy, usually something political, something to do with the left or at least the critics of the left. Um, and uh, tonight I have a very special guest. I have Dan Platt, who's been on uh, stream a number of times, I think uh, three different times now, talking about uh, leftist theory with the conquest of bread. We did a, a few chapters together. Um, but tonight we are going to talk about new urbanism because that happens to be uh, part of his background as well. He's, he's trained as an architect. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give him a call and we will get into the evening's uh, uh, discussion. Hello, Dan. Hello, hello. How are you tonight? Excellent, except for the heat. Oh, I mean... Second second of the year. How are you holding up? Doing okay. <laughs> Good timing there with that. Mm. It's like a heat alert. Climate change is here, bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, it, fire, it's been... Fire, It has been ungodly hot uh, these, these past couple of weeks. We finally had a, a little dip. It was like, you know, upper 70s today. A little, you know, a lot more bearable. But in general, it's been 90s easily. So it seems to be gripping a good chunk of the planet. You know, I've heard as far out as, as the Middle East is, is having record-breaking, you know, late spring, early summer weather. Yeah, quite frankly, um, you know, more heat waves or more seriously uh, record-breaking heat waves. Yeah. Uh, we, we had a good week or two where it was back to kind of normal summer weather. Uh, we had a heat wave about a month ago, or maybe it was uh, two weeks ago, and now we have another one which is going to last much, seem much longer. It seems it's not breaking until Thursday uh, wow. in New York. Uh, yeah, I looked at like the f forecast. I'm like, oh damn it! I mm -hmm. knew it was getting hotter, but like it's gonna be this hot again. Yep. Because uh, uh, yesterday I was painting, I was house painting. And um, I was, it was just, I was drenched. I, I'm sure, yeah. I, I, I do landscaping now. I've, I've switched uh, jobs since last we spoke. So I'm doing landscaping. So I'm out all day in the hot sun planting stuff, generally. So it's, it's, not, it's not fun, <laughs> at least that uh, part of it. Um, so, sounds like you need a union. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, actually, part of part of my uh, my workplace is unionized the, the construction crew that, that do the constructions of the various parks that that we create and help maintain. Um, they do have a union, so I'm always envious of them. But landscaping is a trade and yeah. probably should be. Why everything needs to be organized. Absolutely. Because I mean, we're, we're dealing with difficult, oftentimes dangerous working conditions. You know, our, our, our bosses are always coming down on us for taking extra breaks at uh, gas stations and whatnot and using company fuel to, to you know, go out and uh, comfort ourselves when we should have just planned ahead with, with ice packs and, and uh, uh -huh. meals and all that sort of thing. Take lunch. Yep. So, yeah, we definitely could use a union. There's no doubt about that. Fortunately, there's not that many of us. <laughs> uh it's just, it's just. Sometimes that makes it easier. You know, that, that you may be true. You only need to convince three people. <laughs> that may be true. That may be true. Uh, yeah. So tonight. So this was, it was my idea to, um, 
No, go ahead. Go no, ahead. you're you're launching right into what I was about to get to. So go I suppose, ahead. Go but I just it. trailed off. No, uh, no so it was my idea to uh, since we both had a architectural or urbanism background right. to cover some memes, if not some videos, definitely um, pictures, and kind of give our own thoughts on them as leftists or just as people who have roughly informed opinions. Uh, not to be elitist versus populist or, or something like that. Maybe we can kind of discuss our feelings on that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and still get this be set on a certain thing, but um, absolutely. I, I always, I always kind of like um, see like, uh, well, we can get into it. I don't know. I'm, sure. I don't have a point there. Oh no, no, no problem at all. Um, so new urbanism, it's, it's a concept that, I mean, outside of planning and uh, architectural and possibly even engineering circles, maybe not that well known. Um, and I always have trouble kind of encapsulating it in, you know, a tidy package. What, what do you tell people when you're trying to explain what new urbanism is to them? Well, I guess I'd start by saying that it's not really new anymore. Right. Um, new urbanism was a movement that started in the 80s. And sort of like the Reagan Revolution, it has a neoliberal character to it. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of meant to be an antidote to mollification right. and neoliberal or postmodern economics and the draining of cities and suburb suburbanization. But since it didn't have a radical or Marxist or revolutionary character to it, it's just we're going to be hired by capitalists and developers to make their projects a little less uh, ticky-tacky, uh, but it's still going to be sprawl. It's still going to be capitalist and unecological. Um, it's trying to do certain things, but then, then when the designs or the style is then taken on by the marketplace, immediately goes to a lowest common denominator execution. For sure. So, and then it becomes the ticky-tacky gentrification. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that we all love. The the architecture, the yeah. uh, the puke. Uh, <laughs> there, there's some blogs that kind of have creative names. Like one thing it was like, like Trumpian, Trumpian Broca-Cola. 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 Yeah, the, these um, parodies of of neo of classical styles that are just slapped onto whether it's McMansions <laughs> or condo towers, like the one that oh, that so just good. collapsed, which was actually a modern design, but oh. whatever. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I hadn't really about that. dug into. Have you that seen one. the news on this? No, not not too much. I've, I I saw that Hassan covered it, but I not, have not checked out his video yet. Oh, I actually did this morning, um, but um, I I heard about it yesterday. Um, and so uh, to long story short, a, a building, a, a condo tower that's about 30 or so years old, maybe 40, mm -hmm. um, had after a building inspection, there were cracks, there was structural damage, especially, uh, under, around the roof, the pool roof deck, um, or I don't know, the pool wasn't on the roof. But I guess maybe just the roof deck or something. And uh, in the middle of the night, it pancaked. Ah. Half the half the building collapsed. And uh, and it's funny. Well, I can make my eleven jokes about like, I wonder if there's 
you could like I could make everything you could say about the towers collapse, and you could say about this one. You know, people, witnesses, and survivors are saying that they heard loud bangs as the tower collapsed. Uh huh. Uh, and other things like that. So maybe this was a deep state. But anyway, um, <laughs> controlled demolition. Oh no, they're at it again. Yeah, exactly. Like yes. Yeah, <laughs> so it's also beachfront property. So you also have rising water levels. Uh, the fact that yeah. these towers are built, it's Miami. Uh-huh. And Florida, there's virtually no enforcement of building codes or whatever. You know, there's rules on the book. There could be rules on the books, but that doesn't actually mean there's enforcement. Uh-huh. Um, well, that's so. how you keep those taxes low, right, is you, you slash all the regulations. Exactly. You know, and, and it's, you have a veneer of prosperity, but then, you know, uh, every few years you have a disaster uh-huh. and it could be a shooting, could be mass shooting, could be a uh, hundred people dying in their uh, apartments. Mm-hmm. And um, so a hundred are missing, but most are probably presumed dead. They're, they're looking for to see if anyone's alive under the uh, rubble. But otherwise, it's it's quite tragic. But it's completely preventable as far as capitalist uh, construction. You know, yeah. Um, corners are going to be cut, and if something needs to be fixed, it's likely not going to be. Uh, even if there's like no, is this will actually fall down? There'll be a well. Let's give it a few years. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, seven hundred dollars, seven hundred thousand for the unit. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that calls to mind when uh, close to me, the, the 35W bridge collapsed because, uh, you know, they, they knew for years and years that it, it was structurally uh, not great. Yeah. Um, but, the, you know, there was always just one more thing that they had to get to. Uh, and then, yeah. you know, eventually, middle of rush hour, it, it just uh, it <laughs> collapsed. Yeah. yeah. Fell over. Actually, you don't need to watch the son's video because he spent half of it once again arguing with his chat about like what counts as third world because like you don't expect something like this to happen in the imperial core but we're we're a declining empire already uh and things are going to collapse on us because nothing is really going to be maintained uh anymore uh because all wealth all value has been siphoned into the one percent uh to the one percent whether they wanted the wealth or not that's how it goes um, mm-hmm. So nothing, it's not going to go to infrastructure spending. And even when it does, we have the other infrastructure bills. It's still right. going to be just roads mm-hmm. and uh, and usually problems. new roads too. And you know, new road, yeah, expanding the roads and um, and vanity projects. Yeah, got to really bring in that pork barrel spending and it, it's ang- it's angering. Yeah. Um, it's really angering, um, enraging. Yeah, absolutely. So what did you want to, uh, do you have a preference for what to start off? No, not too much. Um, if you want to start a video, at some video of the, the Facebook groups, do you want to do yeah. that first or do you want to get to the videos first? Because the video is probably going to take a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's do the memes first. Do the memes first. So let me switch over to that. All right. So the first group we're going to take a look at is um, called That's It, I'm Architecture Shaming. Let me switch over to that. Real quick. Oh, I can see it. Uh, so just a background. Um, when I joined this group, like, mm, in the winter, 
-hmm. it was much smaller and half of the posts were actually people sharing architecture they liked uh-huh um, half were also ugly houses <laughs> um and sometimes people were sharing things that weren't ugly at all or at least were controversial as far as who thought they were ugly or not so it's definitely kind of a nice proving ground to see where I don't know, random Americans' tastes are at. Mm -hmm. Because there was a post where someone was saying, like, this is ugly-ass building, you know. <laughs> it was just a nice modern house with a butterfly roof. Uh-huh. But, like, they didn't, they never probably seen a butterfly roof before. It just, so it their just head was like, bizarre. what the fuck am I looking at? That's it's funny. like inverted roof. It's, it's ugly. It's backwards. Why would you do this? And like, well, actually, there are reasons to make a butterfly roof. Yeah. Um, if you're actually in an, an arid climate or a not-so-rainy climate, uh, they're actually really great because the, they allow for more daylighting or you can have higher windows. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of reasons to have. For it's sure. called, a, it even has a, it's not just a butter, they're called Mazard roots. Oh, Mazard. You know, that sounds familiar from my, from one of my, uh, urban That's, planning classes, probably my historic preservation class, Mazard. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Um, let's take a look at what we got here in this particular group. I'm, I'm yeah. new to the group, so I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Oh, man. So this, this so that's is just cool. Uh, How, who doesn't like that yeah. toilet design? Well, no, well, this is the mods post explaining oh, that uh, as far as approving posts, they're going to have standards now. I see. And they're, and they're saying that their toilet's overflowing. Oh, I see. With, with, with requests. You know? Uh-huh. So, uh -huh. yeah. So you can go down. Uh, again, like this is modernist stuff. Yeah. Let's get a let's get a, a tip out. You window. can scroll up to see what like the the text is to see like oh, you know are they posting oh, this I see. in yeah. good faith or are they we'll posting this like they have a problem with it. The Chicken Point Cabin in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, designed by Seattle architect Tom Kundig about ten years ago. Spent a week in the cabin next door to it and was obsessed. So they like this. Yeah. Okay, so maybe maybe not. Or maybe they're obsessed in a bad way. I don't know. Oh, that's true. That's I true. I imagine so many zombie apocalypse scenarios playing out here. The sad part is that no one ever lived in it. Uh -huh. People here have stayed in it only a few times. Weird, right? That is weird. Um, like it's um, just an Airbnb place, I guess. I mean, she said she's right. she was just staying at the cabin. Uh -huh. So maybe because it's in the middle of nowhere, that's where the zombie apocalypse stuff comes into place. Like, <laughs> or is she talking like because it's. It has it uses CMU bricks on the uh, for the walls, so it's like a bunker. Yeah. In her mind, but but this is also a butterfly roof. See, the roof is tilted. Uh -huh. well, it isn't a butterfly, but it's simply a one slab roof. Ah, I see. Where is it? It, it, it does look like it pitches up to on the left side yeah, there. Exactly. Interesting. This allows for more passive gain, though. Yeah. And it's got this nice swinging glass wall. Uh, yeah, I like that swinging glass wall quite a lot. You know, it actually promotes airflow and and mm -hmm. more porosity. Adds, adds Especially that on that. those hot, hot days. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, this like is today. Uh, Idaho. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really know the climate of Idaho that well, but, but sure. Uh, oh, boy, cold, here we go. Winter. Here we go. This is Dubai, baby. Wow. Not sure, shame Dubai. or off. Yeah, yeah, shame or off. Yeah. I mean, both. Yeah. It, like... It you know, something strange. about just that level of uniformity is, is almost mesmerizing. 
the way that it hits you all at once, but mine. It definitely, it definitely like the the ticky uh, little boxes song, you know, comes yeah, to mind. Yeah, little, yeah. The, they're not even singer. different colors. Uh, they're just no. there's beige and uh, off beige. Um, it's I mean, just like oh, we, we have so much, but and the and the worst thing is, this isn't even like is there even demand for these? Is there even enough people moving to Dubai? I mean, or especially. Oh, these are all timeshares or something. Yeah, well, I mean, especially you think about Dubai and, and how many of like the the uh, you know elite celebrities and whatnot all have to have their property in Dubai as as both like a showpiece that they can show off to their friends and also as um, yeah. investment pieces. Yeah, you rent this and you basically can say, "I have a place in Dubai." I have a place in and Dubai. That's all go. it's for. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Maybe that literally is all it's for. Is just so you can have an but, address. But a uh, you know a Pakistani worker is buried under each one, so mm. you get that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, man. And they say that uh, Soviet architecture was soulless and monotonous. They never achieved anything like this. This is a hundred percent capitalist. A, yeah, I mean Dubai. Think of. A, I'm just pointing that out. Capital, okay. Yeah, right. Think of a more capitalist. Uh, There'll be a meme country. very similar in another group where it, it's just communist architecture, capitalist, and it's basically the same cityscape. Yeah. <laughs> They're just you know apartment rows. Wow, that's some good. Moving stuff. on. Moving on. Yeah. And also, look, there's almost no traffic. Maybe it's just the time of day, but. Or there's just no one living there. Yeah, right. I mean, to me, that kind of indicates that that maybe these are not. these are built and then they're sold later. You know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, or or they may have you know. This one's called the Jetsons House. It's located in Urbandale, Iowa, Iowa, and it is one of the what was the other one? Oh, sorry about that. Uh, one yeah. of those buildings that was not the architect's fault. The owner got what he wanted. Sure. So there's also a common like uh, trope with this page of like. Are we blaming an architect, or is it because there was a lack of an architect? Yeah, that's a, that's a fair uh, enough point. Like, and yeah. or an architect is just doing what the client client wants. The right. client is holding the money. Right. And so when an architect designs something, they don't actually have creative freedom most of the time. Um, so right. whenever they say you see a piece of new urbanist, uh, you know, apartment blocks, mm-hmm. you should uh, understand that. This is not their original design. This is when the after the accountants get to it, right. and and the quant and the real estate um, agents get to it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I like it. It's a nice brown house. I mean, I think it's, it's a little too high up. Right. But I think they want. He wanted a three sixty view. I, I'm guessing uh, he, he always wanted to have a tree house as a child, and he's just playing with that fantasy. I, I suppose. I mean, the, the way it, it juts out of the pitched roof. Uh huh. Definitely be a bit smoother. <laughs> yeah, you know, if it was just a freestanding building, I think it would actually be a lot more graceful. Yeah. But or 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 if it's say the um, the house is coming out of at least was square. Yeah, kind of have yeah. more of a lighthouse kind of feel to it. Yeah, you're right. With a base, because that is that is a gigantic rooftop. Like 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 it's a too. really like yeah. What is the rest of that building? You know, is it is it one large room? Because uh, usually. Oh, you know, so you notice that below the the slope roof on the left, in the right corner, looks like there's a garage door. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's... Yeah, why don't we go down to the aerial view there? Sure. I'm wondering, yeah, you can see that that entrance. I'm wondering if it's just his massive garage for all his his sports cars. You know what? It is. It is a garage. (laughs) I can, you know, because 
Because the way architect, good architecture does work is that like you have the roof cover the space. Right. So you can kind of read how big a space is based on the roof. Uh-huh. And, and that's saying this is the garage. And it's also half buried, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. Yeah, it is um, nice, you know. And, and then, then the living is like above in the clouds. So it's, it's very, it's like, it's like a conceptual diagram from our architecture school uh-huh. first year uh, made real. You know, because this this literally does uh, without the janky roof line. Yeah. Um, kind of looks like a first year project. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, you know, that's again nothing too too bad except for the Dubai one so far. No. Not shaming. I'm not shaming. I'm in love, and I wanted to share it. I don't know. I I've never really liked the Rambler style. Just, <laughs> the Rambler style. Hey, but it was owned by a Beastie Boy. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm sure that's the only reason that anyone would uh, Look, want to have it stuff. now. Interesting note about the Beastie Boys and yeah. other um, Jewish Brooklyn rappers, basically. Their their kind of cultural attitude kind of comes from the fact that they grew up in minority, you know, black neighborhoods, but they were like, but Jews. And mm-hmm. even though, like, you kind of had, well, Jews are light-skinned, they're white, but they're living in these minority neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even though there's still this kind of bullying antagonism right. between the two, and this occurred with myself as well, um, there was still kind of a um, a sort of subconscious attitude that we were still like in it together. Like, yeah. you know, after getting like you know pushed around and getting my uh, bag searched or something, you know, oh, it's just sure. but they're not actually going to take anything. It's just it's like a play. Like playing around, it's like well, we're just playing around. Right now, of course, younger me fucking hates that, but at the same time, it's like well, they didn't actually rob me, and because oh, we're on the same team, mm-hmm. so to speak. So you get more empathy or solidarity. Yeah, yeah. Later on, and that's how you get the BC boys. There you go. It's like uh, and uh, and uh, and Eminem to some extent, but also other sure Jewish rappers. Yeah. Like, uh, or any, any any early white rappers, they were usually for sure. Jewish. For sure. Um, House of Pain comes up as uh, one one notable exception, but they they really played into their Irish identity and and working class identity. When right. They came out. Um, your uh, I think uh, you just put the Skype window up. Oh no! Oh, sorry. So you're not able to see it when I go back to into OBS, huh? Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, Rambler cool like again not really what this split level for, but, but is split level don't know yeah it, that's the thing I couldn't yeah, tell if it was that's the thing level. how else are these po- like it's almost frustrating yeah. i'm expecting things to laugh at Whew. but half of the houses aren't so bad they're just bad from a certain normative viewpoint right. sometimes right um like this isn't a normal suburban house right. it's funny so this is what this guy says i'm in a property business and this is the most bizarre house i've ever come across every single room is painted like a sky the stonework appears to be drawn on oh really i don't know it just looks like cmu blocks yeah it does Uh, i do however believe that j-lo and bruce willis portraits are a real selling point (laughs) uh yeah because so sometimes like people are posting uh real estate listings yeah as this is yeah um so it could be painted like the like the it's just cladding, 
it's a clad, you know, stone cladding, which yeah. is just an inch uh, or literally uh, half an inch thick. Yeah. Um, or it's made with CME blocks, but that's probably not it. I mean, the I mean, outside stairs are that's the interesting, interesting part. but there's no banisters. Right. How is that even up to code? But it's not. Yeah. Or there's no codes. Oh, I mean, I suppose you know, that's true. There's freedom, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is very uh, castle-like in a lot of its features, but again, it's it's not it's not except so that, outrageous. Like, except I'm not, like, it has a well, except the base, the main like mm-hmm. uh, the massing of the house. Mm-hmm. It's just a simple two-story with uh, an, a fish roof. Yeah, it, kind of third, kind of a half a third floor. It, it almost looks like they added that that castle section on that like whole right side. Def, definitely, totally different style. But it says, it, but it says like bunker more to me, as yeah. well as the way the CMU blocks kind mm-hmm. of kind of uh, on the the the, 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 the second tallest. Sure. Um, kind of remind me of the top of buildings in the Middle East mm-hmm. where they have because it's it's the main building material. They got nothing else. Right. And. But they want to kind of have a kind of nice banister around the top of the roof, but they don't need to build out a full wall. Mm-hmm. So they kind of do that. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, hey, let's move on. Let's see what else we got here. All right. Oh, Audience seating. Oh. Oh. Is a hot tub? Is that a hot tub there? Or Is a... it though? It looks so small. It's. Or is it just a really big sink? Maybe it's ah, maybe like a, like a tub to put your kids in, so you maybe. can maybe so you can watch them while you're, you're uh, doing eat, and eat, eat while you watch doing the dishes or, or making dinner or whatever. Taxes. <laughs> and then they splash, and of course they're gonna splash whatever is there. Oh yeah, I mean it's, it's gonna be um, quite yeah, a mopping weird. job to. Because it doesn't look that deep though. You can't no, it really doesn't. But it is a weird place because it's also like, well, maybe so, so sometimes with these these shots, these pictures, uh-huh. there's something not being shown. That's true. And that's, that's something to also true. point out about any type of media, really. There's always something, not always, but there could be something omitted from a picture. Uh-huh. That's, that's um, very true. And in this case, behind that little, the wall with the cabinet, mm-hmm. you know, what's on the other side? Is there, there steps up to, up to it? Yeah, because um, you, you don't see any visible steps up to it, so... But yeah, the fact that it's just open and then it's uh-huh. just there's the great room. Yeah. It's yeah. Bizarre. Oh, oh, oh my. That okay, is, so it's a repaint. Repainted it. Jarring. Like a battleship. Yeah. These are the like, kind of lines that were put on ships to make them harder to see. It's hard, harder I mean, to target by the enemy, yeah. Yeah, hard, hard to target. So yeah. uh, if this was, depending on what city it's in, Maybe you want it harder to see. Like, like if this is in Gaza, you don't want it. Uh, you know, you don't want another instance of Israeli rockets hitting it. You know, maybe it may look like it's harder to target. Fair enough. It is. It. I mean, <laughs> I'm being morbid, but um, but yeah. Otherwise, I think maybe they're thinking, oh, let's add some stripes and put some, make them off kilter, and it's fun. Interesting. It's certainly brighter than the. Uh, before yeah it was very drab before and that's man that's uh that's like a whole herd of zebras coming at you it's just a side but yeah yeah um beach house rental in newport 
kitchen design fail. All right, so we this this bothers me a lot. I wanted to open the dishwasher to see what was in there, but you can't open the dishwasher because the oven door is in the way. So I open the oven door, and you can open the dishwasher. What? I close those. I said, "Oh, let me check this drawer right here." Hold up, you can't open that either. <laughs> so you have to open the oven. <laughs> you must open the dishwasher. <laughs> and then you can open the drawer. <laughs> wow. Wow. So this is considered a fail, but to like to have a kitchen, like mm -hmm. the kind of kitchen where people like like I, yeah, I want to be able to open everything at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, or I want to open everything independently. Like, you pretty, basically need to double the size of the kitchen. Like, that's how you get those mega monster-sized kitchens. Uh-huh. Um, because, say, in, in the past, in, you know, units, like, the galley kitchen, yeah, you couldn't, it was kind of, it was like this, a tight as this. Now, I think in this case, maybe it's a normal <clears throat> suburban-sized kitchen, and everything could be more spaced out. Uh-huh. Um, or it is a smaller unit or house, and it does need to be kind of up against each other. So they're just complaining that there's an extra staff, right? Which a lot of architecture kind of might foister on people. Yeah, I'm just true. saying, like, to solve this problem might require another 200 square feet, right? <laughs> and that's more heating, that's more materials. That's true. Like, just just that's get true. over your fucking self, man. That's true. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny in a ho-ho yeah. ho -ho way. Uh, they, they should see my actual apartment um, because they, the baseboard heat apparently did not come with the uh, unit. It was probably built before that time. Mm -hmm. Probably originally had, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, radiator heat. Uh, but that radiators, you should have still had radiators. Like, yeah, you don't you don't take out radiators. Oh, I know? agree. They're, they're I like so radiator good. heat. I, I don't they're, have any problem with it. They're the best. Um, but yeah, anyway, they put in the baseboard heater in the kitchen, and now it is, is literally impossible to open the warming drawer of my oven. So it's just, I don't know if there are things in there. I don't know if food has fallen in there. It's just, it's just completely. So, I mean, the, broil the broiler? Yeah, like the, you know, the, the little tray that comes out underneath a, a stove. Yeah, the broiler. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, I mean, mm. so far we haven't noticed anything bad, but it's just kind of funny. Like that, that's literally a, a design. You can't show. open. Yeah. <laughs> What's heating in the middle of the kitchen? What's that? It's in the like it's in the middle of the kitchen in front of your oven. Uh, my oven is is pushed up against the wall for some reason. It's like right next to the exterior wall, so. Well, everything's done for a reason, but those reasons might be defunct, you know. Yes, yeah, for sure. That's all. That's most of kosher law. Oh. Uh, llama building. That yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Looks like a pair of llamas there. That's fine. I'm sure that was intentional. Oh, oh, definitely. All I know the buildings that's in Turkey. That looks like a llama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. It's just a uh, high modernism. Yeah, you, know, you can know. you can call it ugly, but it's it's also elegant at the same time. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I mean there's <laughs> elegance to the. the, the and it has de it has it has details. Yeah. Um, you know, like the, the the way the windows are recessed. Sure. And it looks like there's um, louvers, and it's got those the the, the thin parts um, on the outside. That's definitely like a detail that adds verticality, so it isn't just white bands. Hmm. Interesting. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 
yeah, that that does break up the the monotony of it just a little bit. So, again, not not super egregious. It's something that current developers don't don't, don't do. Oh, this is just. I mean, that kind of looks cool. Creepy funky birdhouse. Bird yeah, yeah, looks cool. I don't see why people would have a problem with that for. It's not a problem. It's just yeah, half of the posts are just things people like. That's what's weird about it's this. It's so page. weird. It's this page is also half. It, it's like. 60% things people like. So it's kind of, it's maybe because there aren't enough groups about with, of, for architecture. It must be. And, and so it just, it's got to glom on to like the ugly pages or the let's make fun of things pages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so maybe eventually the, the name will change. Yeah. To, you know, that's it, I'm architecture spamming. All you have to do is change the A to a P. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just something about the, the, the title that people don't bother to absorb the whole meaning of it. Yeah, it's, since when do people read? Oh, that's true. That's true. I think, so I typical think... Florida house or Florida nightmare? Yeah. Nightmare. I don't, I actually don't hate the colors on this one, but everyone, everything else makes me crazy. Why? Um, I don't know what else would make them crazy. I guess the... Windows on the third floor don't line up well. Yeah, true. You've got um, a flat roof. It's. It looks like it's not a flat floor. roof. It looks like it's a hipped roof. Oh, maybe it is. Or, or, that's that's a I problem. Am I mixing up hipped and gable? You know? But it looks, it, it looks like yeah, the, the eaves are like coming down at you. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. It has a nice low-brimmed hat for the hurricane season. It's, it's like a mushroom cap really yeah you know that's that's fine because like one of the patterns for a good house is to have like a roof the roof needs to actually shelter the house sure um, and that's one way of doing that is to just have the roof line the roof end or cantilever mm -hmm. you know below where the actual ceiling on the third floor is right you know where the third floor is the roof you know yeah, yeah it looks like that's it could provide some good shelter at least half sheltering those those two verandas on the top what there. else are we looking at like there's three columns that hold up the, yeah. the balcony. Not bad columns. Yeah, it's just not it's overdone. Just, it's simple, you know. It's yeah. fine. It works. I don't know. Maybe it's the the the, the windows kind of look like doors. I suppose, uh, but they could be wider, I guess. But they don't also need to be wider because depending on what direction, if this is south facing, you do not want that big windows in Florida. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, really heating up your house then if you do. Yeah, I don't know. People don't know how this stuff works, you know. It's like, why are these windows so narrow? Because um, people then have wide windows, and then like they need to have the AC up, uh, blast all the time. Uh huh. A sick build, sick building syndrome. Okay, I saw this on Twitter and wasn't sure if it was posted yet. Um, what was the reason? What? But what was the reason? So mad. I'm so mad at this. Okay, the reason for what? Did that That's fact that question. it bulges out a little bit? It's bulging. Maybe? No. no oh, or the, um, yeah, I think that's all that's happening. The windows are not different windows. The, uh -huh. there's the, the, the second floor is bulging out, like, a, right. and it's a bay. Yeah, I can see that. You can see it on the inside that the room is curved on, on one side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess that's why. But I don't uh, know why it makes you mad. That, that seems really. Uh, and, and, and the bulge out, Kind of goes, um, it smooths up to the roof line there. Yeah. So that's why the the, uh, the those gray wings 
kind of look that way. Is it perhaps that the roof doesn't go quite to the edges of the building? Yeah, it definitely could go out a bit more, but maybe like it stops, so then you have. It, yeah, it looks like there's a. The the gutters are though, at, at the edge of the building. Uh, the roof edge. Huh. And then we don't need to look at the bathroom. It's just a normal bathroom. Yeah, normal bathroom. Um, oh, can't figure out that one. Uh, going up in our neighborhood. Oh, okay. So it's not done yet. So we'll see, like when the actual like landscaping is there. But but there, there's also a thing like no amount of landscaping is going to fix this. Yeah, definitely. It's not particularly good. Right. Um, it doesn't seem to be McMansion level. No. I mean, obviously, the big-ass garage. Right. Being the most prominent feature as well. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, it's not the most welcoming or friendly piece of uh, architecture. I would, always, I would always slap my head. Maybe I talked about this on a previous stream, but at the Solar Decathlon, uh, mm -hmm. one of the winners had a garage. Hmm. And this is all about having a house that was net zero, a house of the future, a mm -hmm. house of sustainability. I'm like, it should not have a garage. Right. Like, no car, you know, but... But it wasn't just sustainability criteria. It was like marketability. Can this be built in a you know up and coming area? Mm -hmm. That's when the market cares about. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Doesn't have a garage. So. Yeah. No. No actual consideration to. No dumping. No says dumping. This. Yes. Yeah. Looks like someone dumped. <laughs> looks like someone dumped a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Step your toes again and again and again. Let's see. What would we step our toe on? Oh. <laughs> it's pretty, but boy, oh boy, yeah. I mm. not want to walk barefoot across that, I don't think. Yeah. It, it's where's it's If it's coming from like a mud room, uh -huh. and the idea is that like you can keep your shoes on in this area, uh -huh. I walk through the house. But... I don't know. That, then it means that maybe that should be smooth, and then the rest should be carpet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting idea, but not for me. I mean, it's good for scraping your feet, you know, to have a, uh, like a, a, a welcome mat-sized um, gravel. If not gravel, but, you know, that, right. but size of a welcome mat, and then when you get in the house, instead right. of wiping your feet, you wipe it on that to get access mud off. Or right. Whatever. And then gets uh, housed down, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. Oh. Uh, this one, yeah, that bothers me too. <laughs> the column to off center. Why? Mm. Why? It's it's like they they tried so hard to make a symmetrical design and then just It can be as simple as a drawing mistake that can contractors just <coughs> all the plan. Yep. Yeah, I just gotta go it's with the plan. My, it's not my job to change for the plan. Right. Or second guess the architect or the engineers or yeah. Okay, well there's other things to play here. So there's the the columns are symmetrical. Mm -hmm. But the rooms that there's the house has two, two windows on one side, three on the three other. Three on the other. So the rooms are asymmetrical. Mm -hmm. And it's good to match the windows to the spaces inside. Right. But that also means the column should also match right and this just like no it's uh symmetrical columns because that's like because that's what you the do. default 
Yeah. But yeah, and, and but yeah, the 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 yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Had they just shifted all the columns and the and the front walk, and I don't the front think walk nearly also, as much is is also centered. Right. So it's like having like think of it in text. Uh-huh. Like you have all your centered text, and then right. you have some left index text. Uh huh. A paragraph with the with the with the heading being centered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, do you want to keep on with this? Uh, we can. We can move to a new, next group. Let's move to the next group. I think. Yeah, we're, we're bad enough jollies. So next up, we have form and function memes for oh, architectural okay. teens. This one's definitely more of a shift posting group. So probably be less actual buildings to judge, okay. and more like references that maybe we can try explaining. Yeah, we can just. Uh... Oh, you know what? I, I submitted my request for membership and oh, I have not heard okay. back. So we'll, we'll just have to uh, move on to the next one for now. Uh, uh, to Dank Lloyd Wright. Dank Lloyd Wright. Also, definitely shit poster. Also leftist. Because <laughs> some of his, have his posters just making fun of the capitalist mode of a professional architect. Can you close your chat? Yeah, this, this, this starts with a good one. Why is it a perfectly doing? balanced post that contains the same number of likes and comments? <laughs> so that's um. Do you know what that uh, is? Um, no, I don't actually recognize that. Okay, so this is uh, Louis Kahn, one of his masterpieces, mm-hmm. a modernist art, masterpiece of modernism. It is a in California. It is like an institute of research, okay. and it's basically like kind of two kind of semi-identical buildings. With these, um, it's, this is technically this is called high modernism, mm-hmm. but it could since it has like concrete siding, you know, it's like oh, this is brutalism. Um, but what's brutal about that courtyard? You know, you got that nice water stream going yeah, out with the train. To it. It's going. It's literally looking out to a, a valley, and, and mm-hmm. the buildings are framing a view out to the valley. Um, so maybe the camera needs to be held up a little higher in the yeah. shot, um, but it, they they want to get the water channel in there. You know, it, it kind of looks like uh, it would be the the scene for say in like uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, if they if they had to fly to some you know ultra modern civilized world, and and meet with a delegation there. Yeah. It seems like that that's the sort of setting it would yeah. be. Just very yeah. very simplistic, very clean lines. Yeah, you know. they've done that. I mean, yeah. many sci-fi movies, they just the use of sets of various contemporary architecture. Uh-huh. Um, anything Gary, you know, uh, and then high modern stuff. Because mm-hmm. it's just it's just higher quality. Everything's higher quality. But uh, something you don't see too well in this picture is that the windows have wood trim. Oh, so I do see that woods, a little bit. Yeah. The, so it's not just concrete. It has these wooded, wood-clad bays. And so it's it's considered perfectly balanced, which is why the caption there. Right. And if you scroll down, it has the same likes and comments, same number. So it's also perfectly, <laughs> perfectly balanced. Uh, I almost feel like commenting on it just for that. Mm. <laughs> so then it wouldn't be perfectly balanced. It would not be perfectly balanced anymore. Yeah. So we have a meme here. Nobody, absolutely nobody. Architects, what if we inhabited... The Puche. I have no. I don't even know what that word means. So maybe you can I'll enlighten look, me on this one. I'll, I'll look it up. I, I don't oh, know. Okay. So let me do a search. Puche. 
can keep it up. Yep, I'll keep yep. it up. P O C. Okay. Got a standard definition for you. Uh, oh, no, 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 that's not it. I think it is just a synonym for something posh. Okay. Uh, wait, no. Let me choose a different link. Sure. Uh, the manipulation of the posh was an important part of stone masonry. When walls were exactly as solid as they appeared, and people expected them to be thick and noticeable. Huh. So modern posh, posh, is making walls that don't look thick. Hmm. Here's a definition. Um, okay, the black portion of an architectural plan that represents solids. Huh. So what if everybody lives in the solids? Now... I get this now because there's a lot of design which is all about like my building is like the wall itself and everyone and all the inhabited spaces are in the wall. Okay. Like the walls are really thick mm -hmm. and the walls are kind of like you're kind of surrounded so it's like you don't you're not in a room it's like you're in the wall. Ah okay. Okay. Let's see, let me um let me bring up an image. No, no, that wasn't helpful at all. <laughs> okay. So moving on. All right, moving on. Yeah, I I still trying to remember. Well, we all lived in the wall. <laughs> so this has a lot of layers here. All right. So BIG is a, a Starkitect firm. Ah, okay. The, the main catchphrase is hedonistic sustainability, mm. which is. Ugh. Uh, we're going to build really expensive modern shit for rich people uh, or the state. And we're going to like put kind of trees on it and we're going to greenwash it basically. I see. Um, one of their like best projects are probably like, well, they have a number of them, but uh, they designed a trash incinerator plant uh -huh. that um, once enough you know, air pollution is gathered, it like puffs it up like a smoke ring. <laughs> and it's also a very large building, as uh, incinerator plants are, and it's so big that they basically have a, a sloped roof that in winter is a public ski slope. A public ski slope, huh? Yeah, and that's the hedonism part. I see. The sustainable part is that it uh, burns trash. So <laughs> uh, dumping. Depending on how you, you look at sustainability, I guess. Yeah. Not taking up the space, but uh, taking up our lungs instead. I mean, the most absurd mention of sustainability was in a Sod Piker video looking at, like, the one, which is, like, the largest house ever built, or mm. rather it's expensive. But it's not really a house. It's an entertainment complex. Uh, so the guy gestured towards, like, the fake plants that he had in one of the foyers right. and said, like, yeah, we, used, uh, we picked out uh, fake plants, you know, because it's more sustainable that way. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I went to a, a, a sort of like Living Green Expo a number of years ago, and I was struck by how many artificial turf companies were allowed to set up booths there. 
and try and pitch their stuff as well. I mean, you don't have to water it. You don't have to, to fertilize it or it anything like water. that. Saves water. Saves water, fertilizer. You don't have to mow. And like, you know, it's, it's saving the environment. I'm like, it's it's literally plastic. It's it's going to continue to break down into the soil. Not to mention you've, you've killed every living thing that, that would normally live in that space. And it's just like... The, the, the problem, as far as logic goes, is that it's assuming that the lawn is eternal right and that must have a lawn so if you're going right. to have a lawn it should be one that uses the least amount of resources mm-hmm. and technically astroturf does take less resources it, it technically takes uh it has resources. it has a lower carbon footprint for a lawn but that's like saying well we need an empire and if we put solar panels on the aircraft carriers well then they're sustainable that's more sustainable. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's absolutely true. Or if they're nuclear power. Right, yeah, yeah, no emissions. Which, Zero which, is emission kind of, which is kind of like if you put it to a mass scale propaganda that, um, so nuclear companies, the people who build nuclear plants, these uh-huh. are big corporations that get massive federal subsidies uh-huh. because no nuclear plant can break even. Right. Uh, or make a profit for that matter. And so they're pushing very hard, and they seem to get a lot of democratic socialists on board, uh, including like the boys of Jacobin, to do their PR for them, to say that we need nuclear power. Mm-hmm. When, but guess what, so, uh, so, uh, Bernie Kratz? Um, if so, if nuclear power is put forward now, it's mm-hmm. nothing but corporate subsidy. Right. And it's. Right. As far as the mining and the carbon footprint of nuclear from including the building of the plant and the mining and the storage, the storage later on. all together, it's <clears throat> no better. Right. But a lot of the conversation is looking at the individual parts of nuclear power, sure. like that the fuel is not fossil fuels, right. that the storage isn't a lot of space. But that doesn't mean anything yeah. in the long run. It, it, yeah, all comes up. So, okay, so anyway, so way too much background info for this meme, <laughs> which is that um, this is, I believe this is a police precinct that they are designing in the Bronx. <laughs> or maybe they didn't design it. No, no, I think that is the point, that they just designed a police precinct in the Bronx. Uh-huh. But it looks like one of the museums that they built. <laughs> yeah. So it's like they're cops, and we're gonna spill mustard on them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, it's, and it's grape upon as well. It, it's something else. I, I guess it must reference something else. I I, th- I think it's just like yeah. ooh ooh look at you you fancy yeah. cops you you need your museum looking place. Yeah. But the the grape well the mustard the grape upon is mentioned is a meme further down. Oh, so uh-huh. this must be a, this is a running gag. Ah, uh-huh. this is thank a Lord, right. local culture. I don't, know. I, don't, I don't know if anyone is. But I think that's Rem Coolhouse, or maybe I'm. I'm uh, Does look I'm like him. Using, uh, don't, or maybe it's Norman Foster. Don't be fooled. If two people make a building, and one mixes the programming, and the other just makes office, the first guy has his own city for more rent. I don't quite get it, but I think it's sadly absurd. Okay. I don't, I, I'm, I'm totally lost in that one. We can move on. We can move on. <laughs> Got to message him for the 
Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Norman Foster. Oh, okay. He's, I'm not he's, one, of the, he's one of the Stark Attack friends. Uh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Okay, you'll like this one. can do whatever you want on July 4th if you're vaccinated, Fauci says. Six hours ago, you can do whatever you want on July 4th if you're vaccinated, Fauci says. From CNN's Naomi Thomas and Dr. Anthony Fauci. Oh. <laughs> Guevara putts before the golf course is repurposed for housing. <laughs> oh, if only. That, that meant you can do whatever you want. I would tear out virtually every golf course in these cities here. Now, um, it wasn't housing, but they did convert a country club to an arts center. Ah, okay. They wanted it to be like the Academy of the Arts. And it didn't get the funding that, you know, ideally it should have gotten. Uh-huh. Um, but it has been continuous. Or, or it hit hard times in the 80s, you know, in the 90s, like everything else did. Sure. Um, but it sort of survived, but maybe in a different form. But still, in my opinion, a better, a better use than a... Than a golf course. Golf course yeah. yeah, they just <laughs> take up so much land, and they they get around paying taxes by most of it not being quote unquote unimproved area because there's no structures on it. So pay absurdly low taxes. Oh man, you know, I just saw. Um, so I was at the mall uh, last week. Uh huh. This is because i do not usually go to the mall, but I was getting my racket restrung at the Dick's Sporting Goods that is at the mall. Uh-huh. And there was a banner uh, hanging from the, the ceiling in the main atrium. And it was a real estate ad for a golfing community. Something that I thought only existed in Arizona or New Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, but has come to New York. Uh, this is like a small subdivision with, uh-huh. it looked like 30 units with basically a golf course built around ringing it. around it. Oh, they, they love doing that in Minnesota, in, in the, the outer ring suburbs especially. Used to deliver to a lot of that stuff. It's such, it's such an obnoxious area to navigate. You've all subdivisions were big before. What's that? Yeah, and the fact that, like, you could fit another, even if they were all McMansions, you know. Oh, of course. Kind of are, of course. You could fit another 30 in this plot. <laughs> but they don't. It's golf. It's golf. Right. Just just set aside for golf. Now, on the other hand, Albany has municipal golf course. Uh-huh. And the department, you know, whoever manages it for the city, or maybe it's part of TGS, Department of General Service, uh, they were supposed to submit to the council like a redevelopment plan or an improvement plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if not redeveloped, but just improve the golf course. Because it actually does make money. And that's good. Um, as far as like fees and stuff, sure. But uh, but they they've had like five years to submit this improvement plan, and they still have it. Uh-huh. And it's like it's this year. I was I was on one of the planning board uh, committee meetings, and they were like, "Yeah, we still haven't gotten their plan." And uh, they're basically like, "Is it was due this? It just the rule the this the doc say it says it just is due this year." Sure. <laughs> And they're like, but they haven't given it to us. So, mm. <laughs> to even start talking about it, you know, whether or not. And so I, I, I suggest, uh, you know, next meeting, maybe I need to submit a comment uh-huh. to, um, we have a problem in New York of dirt bikers and ATV uh, bikers and dirt bikes in our streets. Oh, right. And we definitely need a place, uh, we need like a dirt bike track. Sure. 
I think the Municipal Golf Course is the perfect place. There you go. There you go. Probably actually get more use <laughs> than the current uh, Maybe. Um, maybe. <laughs> would they use it if they had to pay? Uh, we'll uh, see. That's true. But that's true. Um, the city dragged and dragged about, like, um, we have a city skateboard park now, uh-huh. which only existed for the last two years or so. And, but it was a, you know, informal skate park sure. for roughly 15 years. And the city just never made it official because they convinced themselves, as many municipalities do, mm-hmm. that they have liability of some kind. Like, we can't uh, allow people to do X. They could sue us. Right. And I'm really sick of, like, it's not just cities, but nonprofits uh, think this way, especially if you have more than one lawyer on a board. Uh-huh. It's like, no, we can't have a party. We can't do this fundraiser. Someone might sue us. You know? uh, someone gets someone gets COVID in our building. If we don't have stringent um, rules, mm-hmm. so we'll just close the building. Just not do it. Let's move on. See, uh, if we can find anything. Oh, let's let's take a, let's just click on the photo. See if that brings up. Look at some more. It's all photos, yeah. All together. So the Society of Yachts, uh, but instead of buildings. Um, that's nice sci-fi picture. <laughs> that's that's. I like that actually. Kind of looks like some some Empire Star Wars Empire. Yeah, it's got a little bit of a, a, a solar punk aesthetic, I would say. What is not? Well, what's Solarpunk about it? I mean, maybe just the setting and how it's trying to uh, be oh, more okay. of a natural form and, and you know, okay. being more one with its surroundings, okay. I suppose. Okay, um, okay. Uh, it's okay. definitely not slathered in green. I'll buy that. I'll buy, I'll buy that. Okay. <laughs> um, but see, it's not working with the land. It's, it's still on it. it, it yeah, it definitely but is still also, opposing it. it, 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 it into the but land. can you imagine if it was this, but multiplied by 100 times like along the whole cliff base? Sure. Then, you know, would it still be solar bunk? Right. No, I <laughs> it's guess only so. solar bunk so long as it's just one. Right. Uh, and that's kind of the fantasy with a lot of some solar punk art where it's just one large building and it's up by itself. Sure. And I'm like, that's not how cities work, or that's, that's not how true. any that's true. real urbanism. So, uh, but that's what else fancy. Uh, but I like the solar punk cityscapes where it is nature and city combined. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I've I've seen a, a a few of those that things are much more integrated in in the way they conceptualize things, in in a in a very organic way. It's not, it doesn't look like it's just you know bringing in a few potted plants or whatever. It looks like the city has been shaped and evolved along with the, the ecosystem that it, it is a part of. So oh. I like that. I don't think a lot of these pictures were posts of his, actually. The ones that are just texts. So he has some posts uh, ragging on Peter Eisenman. Okay. Uh, he is, um, if you don't know, the one of the protégés of Corbusier. Oh, yeah. Not a Here's huge fan of, like of Corbu. His... Okay. Eisenman's a little better, um, but obviously probably has some toxic French chauvinist attitudes, uh-huh. as Corbusier did. Um, he, he actually, I was, uh, he actually lectured my school. Oh. And I actually thought that he was one of the more useful ones because he actually had some practical advice to students, which was, uh, this is what I remember, you're not going to make anything new. Right. The point is to make something good. Huh. Because there are a lot of students that are obsessed with making like a, the next new thing. 
And I was kind of as well. And technically, if we design solar punk stuff, we are doing something new. So actually, in a way, he's wrong. Mm-hmm. We do need to do something new. We need to design ecologically, and that would be something that, That's true. at least as far as modern architects are concerned, <clears throat> we've ever done. That's true. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Yeah, that is something that is, uh, yeah, lacking from pretty much every architectural tradition. But he's also right that if we make good architecture, then it should be ecological. Yeah, absolutely. We define good as being the very least net zero, but really it should be um, carbon positive, carbon negative. Carbon negative, yeah. Ecologically positive, sure. Like it is giving back more than it takes. Absolutely. Because uh, there's a lot of corporations now are using net zero to greenwash themselves yet right. again, uh, even further, by yeah. saying like, "Look, we built, we bought enough carbon credits to offset our pollution, so we're carbon neutral." Yeah, or or they chase the the lead certification, but then not end up running the building in in a way that's any more energy efficient. Yeah, I mean, it just comes down to corporations lie. Yeah, well, yeah, fair enough. Of. Or can lie. Okay, so this is, this is the Peter Eisman you were you were talking uh, about. Yeah, <sighs> but it's it's kind of it's kind of a shitposty bullshit. Okay. Um, I think we should move on to another group. Another group. Uh, I scrolled down Dan Cloyd right, and it took a while to get to like I don't know funny things. Okay, you can throw down the Fair pictures enough. and find yeah. something. Oh yeah, it's the post with Hey Arnold. You can talk about Hey Arnold. Oh. You know, Hey Arnold is one of those shows that, that really made me fall in love with the city. Do not fuck with Robert Moses. Because there are a lot of neighborhood shots where there's the highway looming there over. There you go. And there's, I think there was this good video about Hey Arnold, because I was re-watching it on uh, Hulu. Uh-huh. And, and it was about how, like, Hey Arnold represents the urban wasteland. Um, because it, so much Well... A lot of the setting is pretty, like, apocalyptic. It, not apocalyptic, but that's too strong a word. But it's, it's very concrete jungle, that's for sure. Sure, but it's also, like, in a state of things. A lot of things, most things are a state of decay. The fact that it showed, like, a city setting where there's garbage everywhere. Sure. And things are, break, like, breaking all the time. Like, there's literally an episode where the butcher runs for city council because there's a pothole that's, like, the size of the street. Uh-huh. Um, the neighborhood is completely forgotten, and I think it's represented by the by the art, by the fact that there's that highway that just looms over in any background shot. Uh huh. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Interesting. You know, I I mean, I guess the 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 aspect of like urban decay and and um, you know crumbling infrastructure to me when i when i was a kid at least i i, I guess i never really articulated it but it, it seemed more like uh it made it seem more real like a real city not just a, a place where pretend characters lived it, it, it seemed like really lived Spring, in you know springfield blank right 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 yeah yeah so yeah i never really considered the 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 um the viaduct looming over everything but but now that you mention it, yeah, it, it, it was a big part of the uh, the artwork of the show. Huh. Interesting. Makes you wonder why Ron, uh, Rhonda's family lived in the neighborhood, but sent her to a public school. 
Rhonda was the, the rich kid. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. She's, parents. Uh, I, I rewatched one of the episodes where like, she goes, they, they get they go poor because her parents are, uh, her father's a stock trader. Uh-huh. So they, they were hitting a, like a bear market or something. So like, uh, oh, we're temporarily poor. Temporary bears, millionaires. And, uh, and she's like, you know, breaking down. But her parents are kind of taking it a little well. Like, say, honey, like, you know, we, we're coping, you know. We, we played tennis at a public court today. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. That's funny. So it shows a bunch of pictures from A. Arnold where yeah. like, the viaduct is visible. That's true. Yeah. And it's really tall. It is. Yeah, it really does so limo everything. Like, you know, but it, it always seems cool. separate from the neighborhood completely. Like whoever those people were that were traveling it were, were not in any way. Someone else. Yeah. yeah. You know, from somewhere going to somewhere else. It's interesting that it's the only, it's not the only episode, but like the episode where... It's one of the first ones where Arnold goes downtown. Ah, uh, yeah. To a, to a different borough, let's right. say. Right. Um, but there's also, like, there's not a sense of place. Like, you can assume this is, like, you know, between Queens and Brooklyn. Sure. Um, but there's no actual, like, place name or, or whatever. It's just nondescript eastern seaboard city well that's true i mean even i i recall even the school was named like ps213 or something like that it didn't actually have a, an actual real place name to it oh but i read the wiki and the main uh kind of showrunner he actually was basing it on a neighborhood in seattle ah neighborhood in seattle interesting yeah yeah where, seattle. He, where he grew up seattle i don't know if they still have that big viaduct it's been a while since i've been there but i do remember seeing it when i was there it really does dominate a lot of the, yeah. the city. So another picture there is a repainted McDonald's uh, in which the something happened. I, I need to read the story, but uh, the workers have declared this is a food bank now. Workers That's so cool. That's cool. I wonder if the, the McDonald's went under beforehand and then they just took over the reclaimed the building. Or if they, what's that? It could have been that. Um, it seems to be in a more suburban area. You know, it does, the background, yeah. There's no other buildings. Yeah, yeah. Open lots. Yeah. Huh. That's cool, though. You know? Why but they're using the drive- they seem to be using the drive-thru yeah. pickup, which yeah. is very, very nice. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, there's a uh, former McDonald's, which doesn't have a drive-thru, I don't think, uh-huh. um, which is in downtown Albany, so it's very downtown. Uh-huh. And it's it's shaped like a boat, actually. So it's actually kind of a niche McDonald's. But it closed quite a few years ago. Um, and now the African-American Cultural Center is has acquired it, probably for a dollar or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they plan to build a greengrocer. Oh, so cool. Because there is, it's a food desert, you know? Yeah. And uh, no filling it. That's amazing. That, that sounds like a wonderful program. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Move on. Uh, there was um. Is there something else? Go back. Let's see. Uh, roll down. I see an Angel Marco there. Uh, and then he has a bunch of posts with the Nickelodeon Studios. <laughs> kind of yeah. like, what is this? What do you call this? And he has different labels. Early on, unbuilt OMA. Architectonica. So here's another one where he's spilling mustard on a 
the big. Oh yeah, another another stuff. Another architect's trying Chad to tell back. Yeah, Chad Ward's back. <laughs> the smile. So this is um. Oh yeah, this is this is their this is one of their main projects in Harlem now. Mm-hmm. The smile, which is uh, shaped like a big circular bubble building. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. They've been hired to do more stuff in New York, and it doesn't really fit. I mean, it fits with yeah. what the developers want. Yeah. But it doesn't fit New York. In no, the same way that the pencil towers don't fit New York. Oh, I don't know the pencil towers. Uh, in Midtown, um, there are developers that accumulate uh, air rights that others don't have because the law allows them to. Ah. And so they can basically go as high as they want. Oh. There's no there's no limit. Um, because it's such a thin tower, they just go they're they're going higher than the Empire State Building now. Oh jeez. Wow. Yeah. In fact they're they're hitting like these highest residential residential tower projects. Because in no other city they'd be allowed to go that, as tall as they are. Uh-huh. Um, but because of the consolidation of air rights, like they're taking 30 stories of air rice from the block next to it. Like, you can take them from surrounding properties. So if you That's bizarre. Have a, if you have a block where you're allowed to go 50, uh-huh. but surrounding uh, buildings go to 30, you can basically take 20 from each surrounding property, and boom, you've got another extra 60 stories. Whoa. On top of 50, and then you, have, then you can build a tower that's 110. Jeez. And they've literally done that. That's such a strange concept. Yeah, and if you look Purchasing at, I mean, neighboring air rights, huh? It, it's interesting to see any fictional, or, like, in a movie version of New York. Uh-huh. These towers will not be visible. They will be, um, cut out in post. Like you don't really you don't see the city. You're not seeing Manhattan as it really is. You're seeing Manhattan from the '90s or something. Oh, oh, oh! I see. So, so the you like know. it's you're, like the 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 public's perception of the Manhattan skyline uh-huh. probably hasn't changed since nine eleven. Yeah. Um. Sometimes maybe you'll see the Freedom Tower, but for the most part, it's still like the a fictional New York, where uh-huh. the Empire State Building is still like the thing you notice first. But now it's it's crowded. Um. It's a um. The, especially midtown, it's crowded. Oh, oh, yeah. That's See, so. So the, especially the one, the, the the Guardian one picture, that you know, looking south from Central Park. This is but real. That's, that's what midtown looks like now. Yeah, thank you about my privacy. Notice picture. you can't. Notice you can't even see the Empire State Building now. Um, or can you? This no, is... no, you can't. No, I don't. I'm not seeing it anywhere. No, it's it's kind of behind the uh, the the black and white striped one to the left. It's kind of behind that. But then you'll notice behind that there's another tower, which is which one's that one? It's not the Bank of America one. That's the one that's in the middle with the like really tall spire. Oh, like yeah. Okay. The I see. Jutting out. That's a Bank of America tower. Sure. Um. But all of the pencil ones that you're noticing that are thinner, those are all in the last decade. And this doesn't even look structurally sound. This looks like what a you know, an eight year old would would draw if they were drawing skyscrapers. 
well, or a developer. And, and notice how much they contrast and, but this is, this is the dystopian kind of cityscape that you kind of maybe see in like, say Batman Beyond, where, uh -huh. like, the, where he shows like a Gotham skyline and it's basically the buildings like that you see in the first three inches of this picture, uh -huh. uh, or two inches rather, right, right. depending on the size of the frame. And then, and then, and then, like it goes in, and then you see all the other buildings that are just completely like ten times bigger, and wow. and that's kind of it's gotten to that point. That's amazing. That's amazing. And this all comes from borrowing or purchasing, I should say, air rights. Right? Air rights, yeah. There, you can find a video on it. Like, um, huh? Uh, oh, actually, uh, what's the what's the YouTuber name? It's oh man. I'll I'll do a quick search and then and then we can we could we could actually watch one of them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's get onto the videos actually since uh, um, probably gonna have to wind it down around nine well nine o'clock my time my time I guess it'll be ten o'clock yours. Um, let's see. No, it wasn't quite. Here it is. Okay, the 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 YouTuber name is uh, Honker Three D, and he has a series called Stupid City, and I actually suggest because there are um, some of them are nice, they're 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 a bit quicker. So yeah, this the Pencil Tower video is actually twelve minutes. So oh yeah, let's do that one. Search Stupid City Pencil Towers. Let's see if he's got it in a playlist or something. Oh no, playlist. Okay. <clears throat> Or we watch the Infinity Pools one. That one is very good. Infinity but they're both like 20 okay. minutes, so shouldn't take. Pencil Towers. Okay. Yeah. We'll do the Pencil Towers one. Pencil Towers? Sure. Let's do that one. Heat Stroke is also good, but I mean, they're all good. What's that? He's using Google Google Earth to do this. Oh, this is all. Oh, so this is all just all this rendered in Google. In, in Google Earth. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Here we are in New York City to talk about another architectural phenomenon. Unlike the previous episode about those parking garages with green space on top of them that are cropping up in cities around the world, this is a little more um, endemic to New York. Although as we're about to see, it is emblematic of a deeper issue across the United States at the very least. What I want to talk about is the pencil tower. A pencil tower is a super tall, super slender skyscraper with an aspect ratio of greater than 1 to 10. As opposed to early groundbreaking skyscrapers, these are primarily residential, 
and they contain usually as little as two or one housing unit per floor. What? At some of the high... Two or one housing unit per floor? So yeah, saying... they're, they're basically like a $5 million condo. Okay, so, so there's massive square footages, especially for New York. But, but it's also, only... like, they're pencil towers. Like, the, right. the width, it's like a 40 by 40 tower. Oh, 40, oh. 40 foot by 40 foot. I guess I didn't realize... That's how thin some of them are. 40 by 40. Or 50 by 50, or like a 30 which, by 20. You know, it's, they're really thin. Which even even still, I'm sure that is pretty good square yeah. footage for... I mean, they're much they're much City. smaller than your standard Manhattan skyscraper. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Highest dollar like per square foot. I'm sorry, I missed that. What? They're like 60 stories or more, you say? Yeah, or 40. 40, I mean. 40 to 60. Yeah, but he's, he's showing he's showing the lineup right now. Oh, okay. Airfoot prices in the world. In addition to providing a literal bird's eye view of the city, the majority of the condominiums in these towers are foreign owned, and the majority of them are uninhabited most of the year. Oh. Unfortunately, the market is... forces backed by the state. Gotta love it. So this is all just a, a land speculation scheme. Pretty much. That's sick. Isn't it? <laughs> and so, so whenever there's any like, and I didn't suggest we look at, uh, we could have gone to the you know new urbanist memes, transient uh -huh. oriented teens, because most of it is trains and not buildings. Yeah, but there's a lot of argument, like a lot of posts on that group are about density, and because you have just as many left leaning people as uh, centrists. Right. So there's always a lot of, you know, look, we just need more buildings. Yeah. You just need more construction. Yeah. And there's, and this is the kind of insidious or the thing that needs to be pointed out, is that when it comes to a lot of housing policy, it's trickled down. Like there was actually right. this article saying like affordable housing actually is usually the most, ex like the luxury housing over time. Right, yeah. Like just once the first luxury. Like, generation of rich people die, then the mansions get converted into affordable housing. Yep. That's not how it works, though. But even if it did, that's basically saying housing should be trickled down. Right. That in we have to wait a generation before these residential towers stop being. Um, we have to wait till there's another like housing crash, and then these will actually be rented out for <sighs> to actual people. That's disgusting. <laughs> and we're only two minutes in. Yeah. Man, that just seems so 180 degrees of the way that... that Notice the one on the right, though, has, um, has an interesting feature that it's shifted over a bit. Like, the rest of the, the two-thirds of the tower are shifted, and it's, they're kind of cantilevered a bit. This is also oh, part yeah. of the, the air rights. Like, they have the, the air rights are over the next lot. Oh. So they could go up, they could go higher if they shifted the tower over 20 feet. But they could only build on, you know, the lot there. So they went up a certain number of stories, and then they shift over when they have to. I see. So that's not like that's not even that shift isn't some art statement. Flair. It's total money. It's just money. That's... <laughs> and it's, in some ways, <laughs> the telescope and wedding cake towers of New York were also based on how how many how can I fit the maximum square footage in the zoning right. uh, what the zoning allows. Whew. man, this this is just 
it's such beyond what what I am familiar oh, with. That, uh, learn something new every day. Yeah, absolutely true. Um, have have awesome. some people coming into the chat finally. Uh, hello to Ali Osher. Um, if if you all uh, would would uh, would not mind, uh, go fo go ahead and follow Ali Osher. He's a great leftist streamer. Uh, covers politics all the time. Uh, so hello to you. Uh, hello to Susie Foreman. I, I believe you. I think I've seen that you stream as well. I, I don't recall for sure, but hello to you as well. Uh, and hello to Mumbo's trusted advisor. Uh, some of these these buildings remind me of like Halo skyscrapers. Says Mumbo's trusted advisor. Yeah, yeah. You know this this seems just a uh, one step away from like a space elevator. <laughs> Basically. It's kind of the same aesthetic of um, the ultra high tech, uh, techno utopian, um, which is kind of like the question needs to be asked is what makes these towers look that way? Like, why would Halo, why would the Halo universe, uh -huh. that Earth, build their cities that look like that? There's usually a reason why buildings look a certain way. And what this video goes into is why. Okay. They're well, they're this way. Let, let's get into that part because I I'm yeah, yeah yeah I'm just kind of flabbergasted at this point. They have decided that a forest of hollow elevator shafts, blighting a historic skyline, is the best way to distribute resources. Quick xenophobia disclaimer: the problem with this investment model is that the people who own the residences don't live there. It's not because they're foreign. It's because they don't live in the units they buy, and so they don't contribute to taxes. And, and they're literally taking up space that could be taken up by people that really actually need the housing. Actual New Yorkers. Yes. Yeah, actual, actual people. I mean, there's... Because the, the reality is, all of the rich, they already have housing in New York City. Right, yeah. They don't need more. They don't, there doesn't need to be more luxury units. The luxury units are built because they're the only people who can afford to buy anything. So they basically end up having multiple units, or they just kind of keep swapping them around. Like they keep, it's like musical chairs. Well, not musical chairs, but but with units. Right, yeah. With towers. Yeah. Let's keep going. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's keep, let's keep going. Okay, back to the story. The pencil tower was set in motion over 100 years ago in 1916 when the largest office building in the world was the Equitable Building. 40 stories the tall one you're on a one-acre right now. I, I that figured was that was the one. That's the, that was once the tallest. I mean, well, it wasn't the tallest building, but it was. But it was also like, you notice how its profile just goes straight up? Uh-huh. That's what made it a problem. That it was tall and it just filled the block. Right. Um, and that was because it cast a really... I mean, he'll go into it. But this is some good history. This is something that I learned because I went to school in new york so we covered all of this over and over again interesting yeah it, it's funny and uh the minneapolis skyline has has gotten so much bigger since I, I think around the 70s when they started building actual skyscrapers and before that the the, yeah. the tallest building which still stands um was uh oh boy now i'm gonna forget the name of it but anyway it's yeah. it's it was yeah about a 40 story um uh, it very pencil shaped tower as well, um, but yeah, it's it's just been. It, it's it's something of it's in, it needs to be more of a widespread meme, but the the idea, the concept that like that a skyline represents the real estate prices and nothing yeah. else. Yeah. That you built tall only because the land is expensive. Right. 
And it has nothing to do with aesthetics or like public desires, democratic demand or market demand. It's really just the money is made here. And so you go public. Well, and and And, if if so much of the space is just sitting unoccupied so that one day people can cash in on their real estate investment, that that kind of starts to unravel the idea that we can build our way out of a housing crisis. No, because uh, here, here, here's a fun fact um, that probably won't get up later, but the, the Empire State Building mm-hmm. is only, is on average, 30% vacant. Uh-huh, yeah. And that goes for most Manhattan office real estate. Yeah. Which is why the centrist frontrunner in the mayoral race, uh, Adams, his you know affordable housing plan is convert office space to residential but he's going to let the same developers do that conversion so will it actually be helpful i mean if probably it just, not yeah if it just leads to more land speculation and people sitting on stuff yeah. till they get a good price then it does yeah he's, he's just he's just opening up nothing. more it's because then it's not so much land but square footage that right matters. and that's what really matters in new york city because oh, it's square footage because you're out of land there's no more land Yep, yep, yeah. There's, there's unless they start, unless they start um, making more land by filling in certain bodies of water. I, I suppose they could just uh, put a lid over the Hudson River, tall enough to, to have the ship still pass through. <laughs> just build on the, top uh, of that. The, the 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 fifth element approach. That's right. <laughs> where you drain you drain the bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you you're lucky if you even have you know access to actual outdoors. Outside your well, river. the main issue right now is the the river going up, so and building a wall. <laughs> well, that's wall. true as well. Um, that's sea the, levels rising. I was reading a uh, wasn't solar punks as much, but it was an ecological like a future a climate punk okay. um, book about you know New York in eighty years uh, or beyond that. It was like one hundred and eighty years, and uh, there had been like two pulses where the the sea rise went up like thirty feet at once. Mm-hmm. And so now, like everything below uh, Midtown is underwater. But the interesting questions it brings up is that, you know, with sea level rise, um, by common law, where the surf is, like between low tide and high tide, uh-huh. that's that land cannot be owned by anyone. It's uh-huh. common land. So uh-huh. there's all of this real estate in that area that like can't be waterproofed, it can't be like shored up like a lot of buildings were in this sure. novel um, by basically co-ops because real estate development wouldn't do it because uh-huh. it was a good investment, but people needed to live there. So yeah, yeah. they, they shored it up and uh-huh. waterproof the basements. <laughs> and, uh, but, but, in, but in the meantime, you have this tidal area where it's owned by no one. Yeah. And so it's all like kind of slummy in that like the buildings are collapsing because they're in the surf, um, huh. if they're tall, and so right. like, um, yeah. So there's still occupiable space. But it's, but it's yeah, but it's a free for all. It's just a free for all. Wow, that's fascinating. What was the name of that book? Do you, do you happen to remember offhand? Uh, I get, I bought it as a Christmas present, and I basically oh, okay. read the first third before giving it away. Sure. So that's it's one of those like I'm maybe sure. I should have given him something else. Like, <laughs> did you really enjoy this book? Did they even read it? I only got to read part of it, but. Anyway. That's cool, though. That sounds very interesting. Plot in Lower Manhattan. 
Its capital H shape gives the illusion of two towers growing out of a single podium, mm -hmm. but at street level it is essentially its entire acre plot extruded 40 times upward. Seems great, right? The marvels of modern engineering allow for the surface area of an acre of urban land to be stacked 40 times on top of itself. This is the type of innovation I was promised when I signed up for capitalism. Unfortunately, <laughs> I love the This guy's very sardonic, okay. by the way. Yeah, I like uh, that. His later videos, his audio gets a lot better. Okay. So, okay. yeah, so bear, bear with the audio. On that. No, yeah, I, I'm following. But I love, like, that's the innovation I wanted when I signed, when up, I for signed up for capitalism. <laughs> a very sinister seven-acre shadow over its neighbors, which, among other things, harmed the property values of nearby real estate. So these developers banded together in a push for regulation. Yes, I too was shocked to hear that ruling class capitalists, despite continuously appealing to notions of individual freedom, personal responsibility, and laissez-faire economics, will clamor for big government intervention as soon as their bottom line is threatened. And so the government intervened and passed the 1916 zoning resolution, which said that if you want to build a certain height, you had to do a setback. And if you wanted to go above that height, you had to do another setback and so on. Sure. And soon every building in Manhattan was shaped like a wedding cake. Until the 1950s, when an architect named Ludwig Mies van der Rohe, who had fled Germany because the Gestapo shut down his architecture school, because modernism was incompatible with Nazism, popularized a new style of building, the slab. The 1916 zoning code said that the less of your plot you use, the higher you can build. A concept that you may know as floor area ratio. Yeah. Can you pause it? I'm not sure. actually a point that I don't think he was mentioning. Go ahead. This was the floor area ratio, um, right, that was changed in 1961, uh -huh. was proposed by basically a tax collector. Because uh -huh. he noticed that there was a lot of taxes that could have been gathered more efficiently. You could have got, you can gather more tax mm -hmm. if people are using, you know, going higher and using more of the plot or less really? of the plot. So carry on. Interesting. Why it took 30 years for developers to take advantage of this, but the 1951 Lever House and the 1958 Seagram Building led to a new zoning resolution in 1961, which added height bonuses for adding public spaces. These resolutions also added some level of protections for residential neighborhoods and historic buildings and required parking to be included in many new developments in an attempt to combat the city's growing density and general feeling of urban swampiness. The Lever House was one of the first skyscrapers to have air conditioning and to keep costs down, its curtain wall windows were designed not to be operable. The building is a hermetically sealed work environment where you can pack workers into every square inch of the floor plan because they would no longer overheat if they strayed too far from a window. The Seagram building's symmetrical layout of columns and transparent windows communicates very clearly what type of activity is going on inside and how exactly it is partitioned up. Mm -hmm. Which is funny because Seagram is a liquor company that came to prominence during Prohibition. Oh, Seagram's. Okay. <laughs> this building looks black, but its outer frame is cast in bronze. It's got 60 years of patina on it, so it's seasoned like a nice cast iron griddle. And soon, everything in Manhattan from then on was shaped roughly like the thing from 2001 with a privately owned park next to it or inside of it, 
including the early 80s Trump Tower with some very hidden, nominally public gardens where you can go and get accosted by the Secret Service for free. <laughs> now, because capitalism is always craving new markets, a growing class of global elite has created demand for $250 million penthouses a mile above the street that they can visit a few times a year when they're bored with their main house in Monaco. After decades of building up and up and up, developers invoked the most sinister piece of the zoning code, air rights. If you don't use all your zoning envelope, like if you have a relatively short building like a museum or a church or just another skyscraper, you can sell the remaining potential surface area to nearby lots. This secondary market, combined with advancements in engineering in the 2010s, created a surge in impossibly tall and petite <coughs> towers. This is 200 Amsterdam in the Upper West Side. To achieve its 200 meter height, it gerrymandered a lot with 39 sides from neighboring properties, inaccessible parking wow. spaces, and driveways. This is 432 Park Avenue. More than a fifth of its 425 meter height is reserved for mechanical use because mechanical spaces don't count towards floor area ratio. This huh. is 100 East Isn't 53rd. that beautiful? Mechanical use? They add more mechanical floors because they don't count just, towards flooring. Just so you can have just a little bit better view, huh? Is that, is that the reasoning yeah, behind it? Yeah, I guess so. To say that it's the tallest one. Oh, to say, yeah, and for the prestige, sure. Yeah. And it mechanical creates some floors. partitions. Sure. So that's where, like, there's two types of towers. There's the tower where it's a bunch of um, short buildings stacked on each other. Uh-huh. Or it's a single vertical object like the thing we're looking at yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Usually uses vertical elements that kind of go from the bottom to the top. So it's one continuous, verti there's verticality to it uh, instead of horizontal bands. Uh -huh. But that's the other way of doing it. I see, yeah. Okay, Where developers merged two plots to reach the 217 meter height transferring over 200,000 square feet of airspace from the secret building itself next door. This is 157, which earned its height as a result of underwriting some affordable units in the Bronx at a production cost of five times what it takes to actually build an affordable housing unit, producing 66 units instead of 370. It received a $65 million tax break to do this. Oh, my God. And they and they get all the tax breaks at the same time. Oh, of course. <sighs> now I don't know if it was this tower, but there was another one that also like you get a tax break where you get more stories to build. Uh -huh. um, if you include some percentage or some number of affordable housing units, um, some of them have accomplished this by basically partitioning the affordable units into basically a different part of the building where there's separate entrances. Mm -hmm. So. The papers called this having a poor door because there would be a separate lobby for the people using the affordable units and then a separate lobby for those with the oh, rest. Wow. So they're literally segregating people by class within a building. Yes. Ah, oh, that's insidious. That's yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I had considered that sort of a concept as, as something that, that might happen going forward with uh, especially large and already dense cities. And sometimes the rents go up in certain buildings because the developer will 
add a fitness room uh-huh. and jack up the rent like five hundred dollars. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Cause you have the amenities uh, now. Yeah. And they do this to basically, or, or they do other things to make life miserable for those with rent controlled apartments. Uh-huh. Once enough of them are forced to move out for various reasons, uh-huh. um, then they can uh, get recertified, re uh, classified so that they're not a rent controlled building anymore. Oh man, that, that seems like a, a, so then rent, so rent goes from like, um, let's say two grand to seven grand. That, that seems like a really huge incentive to harass poor people out of your building. Uh, it is because that's what, that's why we're left this, sir. Uh, we're because the market and capitalism or, you know, capitalist forces, uh-huh. they incentivize abuse of people. Not yep. uh, innovation, uh, just exploitation. Yeah. Um, anything that is an exploitation is usually some kind of community effort or doing business in a way that may not be the most efficient as far as the market is concerned, but mm-hmm. you, you can you can make a living. Right. Right. So you can you can kind of be a little more moral. Yeah. Um, but it's not usually the most efficient thing, and your business will probably be yeah. gone in twenty years. It's it, it's a luxury to actually provide yeah, for people with, with uh, less means. It's a privilege to not exploit, and and you have every incentive to exploit. <laughs> That's so disgusting. I really and, hate yeah. that. Uh, so it's people, yeah. So uh, a few more minutes here. Sure. Uh, just a couple questions coming in here. Some Mumbo's trusted advisor asked, "Why not?" add like 50 floors of mechanical floors and have another 50 on top of that to make it one of the tallest buildings. You know, why not just completely it's, game the it, system? It's coming. <laughs> oh. But, you know, you got to have some kind of, well, we're not, you know, hey, we're just, we're bending the rules. We're just bending. <laughs> but also, like, what would you do with that much mechanical floors? You know, you just, there's just there's so much you can do. Yeah, I mean, basically at that point, it's just, uh, you know, for show. You know, saying yeah, just and it's just also it's, it's not materially efficient. No. Like you probably would make it more expensive, right? Um, since the fifty floors on top wouldn't sell for enough to make up for the cost of building the fifty floors below. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, let's keep moving on. This is Steinway Tower. Oh, boy. it will be four hundred. Oh, hold up, I like this part. <laughs> this is background music. Today's music. <laughs> it's good background music. Yeah. It will be 438 meters tall oh, and the thinnest geez. residential building in the world with an aspect ratio. So, as, as, as a dumb American, I have to translate the, the 430 meters, meters into, into feet. Yeah. And that, that's Let's just all... say anything over 100 is uh, tall. Yeah. 200 is uh, fucking tall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 300 is really fucking tall. So so, so four. And 400 is uh, can't see the top of it. Yeah, that's like that's like over 1,200 feet. Yeah, I mean you could mm-hmm. you could easily base well, jump. Well, just just from this picture. Yeah. Notice um, the buildings that look dwarfed by it in comparison around uh-huh. it. Those are like 30, are 40. Like those are those are the skyscrapers that one pictures when thinks of like you know it's around Central Park. Right. And and they're dwarf. They're they're just they're, they're they look puny. But that's the Waldorf Astoria right there. The hotel from Home Alone. Yeah. 
and yeah, uh, yeah, and exactly. the and the and the the black box in the foreground there uh-huh. is. Can I do I do I remember which tower that is? I guess I don't. But um, it's in Spider-Man too. Oh, okay. But uh, <laughs> fuck, fuck me. Um, yeah, but this this picture is probably taken from the top of the Rockefeller Center. So. <laughs> and it, and it, and it's still going up higher than that. That's that's crazy. Oh yeah, Rockefeller Center is uh, like sixty stories. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm trying to think. I think. Oh, the tallest buildings in in Minneapolis, I think, are maybe sixty stories. At, at the very most, and that's that's pretty tall. And that's because, tall. Um, that's tall. And uh, in most, like say, small cities, like maybe forty is the highest they could go. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, they, they're um, they're building some forty-story. Uh, but a broader point high. for the masses, the a broader point for the masses is that building tall is just totally unnecessary. Yeah. And it's kind of like they look cool, but like for a cool tower, like that's that's why North Korea like is building that pyramid ta- hotel. You know, it's not it's not a functional building. It's just to have something tall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And and it's not, and a lot of, of skyscrapers are just that to have something tall. Like there was no functional reason for the World Trade Center to be a hundred stories. Absolutely, I'm talking about the yeah. first. There was the original design was for them to be sixty, uh-huh. but the developer was like, well, "Why not make them a hundred? Why not? Why not be the tallest? It's a nice publicity stunt." Yeah, and I mean, it's those, as simple as that. Those towers too just literally towered over the rest of their their buildings surrounding them which were also themselves and, not not small buildings and, and think this like, like when i say that the empire state building is like usually 30 percent vacant maybe more maybe i've got it backwards and it's like 60 percent vacant. Very well, maybe. but um think about this that the chrysler and the empire state buildings uh the iconic new york skyline they were also built in a land speculation boom mm-hmm. right before the great depression started they were ah. part of the they started building them during that boom. Oh, I didn't realize they were even that old. Interesting. Yes, and when they were finished, they were empty. Uh-huh. The Empire State Building didn't actually have, like, they weren't 50% vacant until, like, 1940, 1945. Wow. Um, you know, when the bomber hit it. Yeah. But it, uh, there's uh, something mentioned by the um, also leftist, the Now There's Your Problem, podcast oh i like them they're fun and i think they mentioned this with dubai or the um gulf state vanity projects that you know right before a big economic crash there will be super tall building really yeah what did you what are you trying to type in i was i was just gonna look up and see how tall the ids center i'm just trying to get a sense of, of scale Adias is the tallest in oh, in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, 50, yeah, so our tallest building in our entire state is is fifty seven stories tall. And this is and these these are easily ninety. <laughs> just, it's like it's incomprehensible to the human mind. Wow. Oh, where was I? Back here. Nope. There it is. All right. Yeah. Let's continue with the video because we're we gotta. Gotta get wrapping up pretty soon here. Deal of one to 24. Its developers contributed $9 million to the Affordable Housing Fund in exchange for a bonus of 20,000 square feet. 
its condos are expected to sell at 20 to 60 million dollars each jeez and this is central park tower which is about to be the tallest residential building in the world it snagged 90,000 square feet or nearly 10% of its total square footage by purchasing an affordable housing scheme from another development group just purchasing I couldn't track down exactly what that scheme was but hey maybe this is the one time it'll serve the interest of the public good so pause it so, do you see that hexagonal building to the right? Yes, yes. That's the Hearst building. Okay. And For the Hearst Corporation. Um, and that's 70 stories. That's 70 stories. I think. Maybe it's 50. Maybe it's 50. Um, but that's 50, so basically, yeah. And it's only a block over. Wow. Um, that's on set. That's 7th Avenue. So, and I, t- I, t- I, t- I took a tour of that building, so. Tower. Yeah, you can look that up. How many yeah, let's see. Um, 46 stories. But, okay. Yeah. But still. So fit, it's it's still not fit. small. That's... And it's designed by Norman Foster. So. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about that one is, if you notice, the base is the old Hearst building. Oh, I see that. So it kept the old walls, exterior walls, and the, the, the rest of it is coming out of it. Filter right yeah. on top, huh? Very, very crystalline. <laughs> but notice it's set back from the rest of the block, though. So. That's true as well. Yeah. Oh, oh well, we'll not get into that stuff. Yeah. Cool. I have professors who worked on some of these projects, so uh-huh. they had a, like they get an inside tour. Ah, cool. Cool. That's... Or particularly, um, I'm thinking of uh, he he helped re- refurb the Guggenheim, so oh, okay. I got a backstage tour. That. Ooh, that uh, must have been cool. Few people know to know that there's actually a theater in the bottom of the Guggenheim Museum. Oh yeah, I had no idea. I'd never thought of before because it's not like there's a sign. Like, I, I don't know when they do shows down there or something. Yeah, but, I was wondering, is, is it actually used, or is it? I, I don't know. A relic. I don't think it is. Huh. It's, I guess it's a relic because it looked like one. Um, oh yeah, didn't look like it was. In, it didn't look like it changed in, in 50 years. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, These towers are built on loopholes. The air rights market is lucrative, its public records are inscrutable, and there's... Just one thought that's occurred to me now is is these, these, this, he's talking about the air rights market, uh, and swapping them back Everything's a market, everything's a commodity. Right, you know, it it really reminds me of of the carbon credits market, where you're, you're a farmer, or, or, you know, you just happen to own a ton of land that you've never done anything with, and... Mm. Now, because we're commodifying it in a, in in a into a, yeah. a uh, carbon the credits market, of doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, you the don't have to actually do anything to it. And in fact, all you have to say is, "I'm not going to do anything to this land I already wasn't going to do anything for." And now you all yeah. all of a sudden have a product you can sell to other people to yeah. make them feel good about uh, you know doing their part to save the planet when Not nothing that, is yeah. literally nothing has changed because it's potential yeah. development. It's it's potential. It's not potentially developing somehow, through the law, allows a corporation to keep polluting and say that they have saved land. Yeah. Or yeah. that they are now in balance. Even if you're perfectly happy with whatever building is on the land, you never plan on, on raising it and putting up something different. It's well-maintained, all that stuff. Yeah. Somehow, because you have air above you, that's that now becomes a commodity to be bought yeah. and sold. 
Well, because again, because it's 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 area that you could have built up. Yeah, right, right. It's all that that potential. <laughs> so it's a waste. It's a waste. Just as just as indigenous, we're not using land to the fullest. Uh-huh. You know, they you had to go. Why not yeah. buy it from them? Yeah. Oh, man, it's the same principle. It, I mean, okay. Let's keep going. There's no mechanism to trigger public review despite the impact these buildings have on the market and the environment. The bonuses granted by paying into affordable housing funds or even developing affordable housing are skewed wildly in favor of developers because New York's affordable housing program is a joke. Eligibility is based on the AMI of the entire city and surrounding wealthy suburbs, which means that affordable units often go to upper middle class families. Yeah. Or that they don't even get built because the tax abatements they provide are not tracked, and there's nothing to stop developers from double dipping or using one project's subsidy multiple times. This is projected to cost the city almost one and a half billion dollars a year in revenue, and put several times that much in the pockets of the already filthy rich. So it's clear. It's just it's just such a big shell game. That all this stuff is, it's, it's. So, so there, this one, this one's seventy. There, that's a seventy-one. God. It's really not about density, because the original zoning resolution accommodated a projected population of fifty-five million people in Manhattan. And it's oh, not about free market efficiency, feet. because as usual, the state has intervened throughout this process to protect the interests of investors and developers. To quote our friend Rem Coolhouse. Beyond a certain critical mass, each structure becomes a monument, or at least raises that expectation through its size alone. It merely is itself, and through sheer volume cannot avoid being a symbol, Uh celebrating only the fact of its disproportionate existence, the shamelessness of its own process of creation. A lot of these projects are either... Yeah, yeah. A, a big dick waving, big dick waving. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's no accident the way it's shaped as well. So, so Colehouse wrote a book called Delirious New York, which is kind of like the architectural theory treatise on New York architecture. Um, okay. It's quite an interesting read. It's a fun one. Uh, some chapters are about Coney Island. Some are about like the how a, a tower, you know regardless of the height, can have like multi, like programming so completely different floor mm-hmm. to floor. Like you could have oh, like yeah. a sports club between floors 50 to 55, and you could have an office, you know, there and a hotel and then housing and restaurants on this floor that are designed and you know, they have an interior design so that like you could be on a Mediterranean cruise uh, or a boat, you know, but you're actually up in the air. And, uh-huh. you know, like, it's every floor is a world unto itself because it is untethered. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. The context or common sense. Right, and beyond a certain height, and, and I remember going through uh, my urban planning degree, they, they would say that above, say, five or six floors, you're basically completely untethered from the, the surrounding neighborhood. You no longer are part of that neighborhood. Because yeah. you can't yell up to a person who's who's that high up and actually have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, so. there's um, I, I wish there was more research on this, but there was it was cited in Pattern Language on its mm-hmm. um, no no building over um, three floors, um, or, or five, right? Because like five is also 
the max limit of how many stairs you could go up. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I, I lived on, a, on the fifth floor and I would sometimes hike up to it. I would definitely go downstairs. Yeah. Um, I would use the stairs going down. Um, and only if I was carrying something, I would use the elevator. But anyway, and then I moved to the third floor and it was perfect. Uh-huh. But, um, but besides that, like the higher up you go in a building, the more neuroses there are in the tenants. Um, I'm not there's surprised a stat at all. From, there's a stat from the 70s, so I kind of wish there was more work on it. And maybe there, there is, but um, I wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't surprise us, right? Yeah, I mean, it I, literally makes us insane. I, I have uh, anecdotal evidence that, that that is true. I, I worked um, as part of a community gardening uh, nonprofit. I did an internship with them a number of years back. And one of the, the gardens that, they, that I interviewed, the person who managed it, um, it was located right next to one of the largest uh, public housing high-rises in, in uh, Minneapolis. Yeah. And she would talk about how the residents there, especially the elderly ones, would get super depressed during the wintertime. Um, like, they, you know, you, you could just see the, the change in their mood day to day. But as soon as, as spring hit and they knew they were actually going to get out to be able to get out and get their plot in the community garden, their, their mm-hmm. entire demeanor changed. Because that was for them their their locus of community life, not at all in their right. own building. It was it was out in the the adjoining community garden. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh let's finish the video here. Recently completed or starting construction at the time of this recording. Many of them still exist only in render form online. There have been some recent roadblocks, like a lawsuit putting a freeze on the gerrymandered 200 Amsterdam building, and a bunch of groups like the Municipal Art Society and Friends of the Upper East Side are working hard to advocate policies that protect the skyline, protect the precious remaining urban sunlight in New York, and drive housing costs back down. But rest assured, the machine that makes these pencil towers is churning more rapidly every day. So let me know what kind of monuments to inequality have been built in your city, or what your city has done to fend off skyrocketing housing Also costs. known as NIMBYs. These are NIMBY groups. They're against affordable housing because they want to stop the most development from happening. <laughs> That's what new urbanist assholes sound like. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, these are community groups fighting for what they, was right. Right, yeah. And it's like, they're not NIMBYs. They're not the same as suburban assholes. Well, sure. And- um, once in a while, NIMBYs have a point that, that whatever is being proposed shouldn't be in their neighborhood. And particularly in, in this case, if you're having large, empty, literally empty towers being put up next to you, blocking your sunlight, destroying your quality of life, just so rich people. And raising prices on everything. Raising prices on, on, on land value and property taxes, all that stuff, and pushing everything up skyward, then yeah, you kind of got a point at that point it's it's not just i don't want more traffic or or i don't want that certain element in my neighborhood those are illegitimate concerns but this is this is the rich people just being rich people basically now here's another pop culture uh reference for you so like one of those uh wedding cake towers along the park Uh like imagine one of those is the tower in ghostbusters like that's like you think of how high that tower like feels like Right. That's one of those. Yeah. And these are twice as tall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of see at the least. scale by, by looking at the tree line there. And it's, it would be several right. mature trees tall those, just for those ones. That those are, are big apart. trees, by the way. Right. Yeah. They're, they're old mature trees. Yeah. So, yeah, man, just unfathomable heights that they're, they're reaching up. 
or if you just think free housing is cool. Or if you live in Hong Kong, I think free housing housing is towers, the reasons for which we can talk about some other time. But as you might guess, it has mostly to do with colonialism. I want to say thanks to the folks on Twitter who (laughs) chimed in to shower me in New York fun facts like there was almost an elevated airport in Queens. It's faster to walk across Manhattan than drive. And it's bad. (laughs) And a major thank you to the people on Patreon for your support. It really goes a long way every time someone agrees to throw a buck or two my way. And I hope to continue to turn your support by creating more stuff. That's cool. I'm really going to have to dig into this channel more. This is is great stuff. He's he's intersectional. I highly recommend the Infinity Pool one. I mean, he basically calls it like the Earth, Wind, and Sky saga. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll have to look at that next time we... I mean, if you're if you want to be angry, like really angry, Infinity Pools is good. Okay. But I mean, it's kind of angry where you're very. It's because you're so informed. It's because like. Right. I see the big picture. I right. see everything. It all clicks. It all makes sense. That's great. Like well, this is how it all. Works. Maybe maybe we'll have to cover that next time we get together. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think it's 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 past nine o'clock for me, and I got to get up at five in the morning to. Go do my job, so I think I'm going to have to wrap it up for the night. I'd like to thank my guest, uh, Dan Platt, of the Three Lefts Podcast. Oh, let me pull that up on screen right now. Yeah, you uh, you did bring it out. You opened a page. I did. You opened my page. Oh, you just you just did a search. Yeah, I was just getting your uh, your logo. Which is just fine. So that I could put it up. I should have a new style eventually. Very cool logo. Uh, is coming, though, where before I would say I don't know. But, um, Let's pull it down so you all can see it. <laughs> it's just a podcast. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Um, it's the content of audio. It, it, it's, it's cool logos that you come up with. I, I like all the flags that are, that are on there. Thank you. Uh, if you, Yeah, I, I definitely want to... Um, I think I have an idea now of like commissioning an artist of drawing like a person, maybe, a, maybe an MV person, uh, to each represent socialism, anarchism, and ecology. They're kind of Ooh. like, you know, doing the the, hand, the fists up pose or something. I love it. I love that idea. Where they're all shaking hands. They're like, you know, they're like hands in the hands in the circle, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, not, they're non-binary. Otherwise, you know, I would default like, oh, they should be women. <laughs> yeah, sure. Anime women. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see. Let's see what your most recent episode is. Anarchy is a verb. Oh, no, that's not. That's not the most recent one. Oh, it's sorry. Yeah, it's the most recent one I posted. Uh, um, go to archive. Archive. Okay. Oh, that's four. the archive. Oh, okay. I it's see. not. It's not. It's not up. Oh, I see. I gotta so, get back to that. You're right. But uh, I, I am on episode one seventeen. Okay, one seventeen. What was what was so, the most uh, recent uh, topic? Uh, just so that people can get a, a, a bit of flavor from what you do. Right, I, I'm starting on my electoral politics. Uh, Democrats bad, independent politics good kick. Okay. But last few episodes, I was doing driving bad slash because it, is, it isn't just like it's a it's a deep broad discussion of issues. So the last episode was about starting with critiques of traffic enforcement, how arguments that should be automated, then an article talking about how, you know, traffic enforcement is all about discretion because of white privilege. And, and 
by the end of the episode, I'm and, oh, oh yeah, and then I also cover an "It's Going Down" article about cars as weapons, the mm. white you know colonialism slash right. you know the the individualism of car culture is right. totally what America is all about, and that's racist. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's, and and then I end. Uh, I don't read all of it, but it was an article also from Vice Motherboard about how driving tests are bullshit. And that is just one other kind of fig leaf of we do have accountability. We train right. people for five hours on how to be a safe driver. Yeah. And then 40,000 people die every year. Yeah. Oh, and, and, yeah, and more anyone. Than guns, more than right. other sources, you know, and but what thing people worry about. And people right. seem to worry about driving less. Yeah. Like, People are more concerned about me on my bicycle than when I'm out of my car. It's so bizarre because anyone who's driven on a highway for any length of time recently, I'm sure will have countered people that they were scared of, you know, who were literally doing dangerous things right around them, menacing them in some very real yeah. way. And yet it's just yeah. taken how, as how a given. It's just part of driving. It, I think everyone gets a certain level of like, stress disorder yeah maybe not post-traumatic stress disorder no, I think but sometimes it is traumatic it. you're scared shitless yeah for sure uh, like holy shit but um but maybe it's just more of a stress disorder of like under that pressure uh -huh. of, like you're really in danger uh, yeah but then there's some people who like they're so numb to it it's like nothing yeah but yeah um yeah. i could ran all that yeah, it becomes like a yeah post-traumatic stress sort of disorder. Just always in that tense state. Um, well, very cool. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for, for joining me tonight and for proposing this as a, as a topic for us to discuss. It's, it's been really eye-opening. Like, uh, I, I, I've learned a lot just from, from reading these uh, memes and, and watching these videos and, and discussing things with you. So thank you very much again. Yeah, I hope we do it every month, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think we can make it a monthly deal. That, that sounds good to me. All right, cool. All right, will you uh, take take care? Have a have a good, you know, what little bits remaining of your weekend, and uh, we will we will chat again soon. All right, great. Be well, everybody. All right, thanks. All right. So that was Dan Platt of the Three Left Show. You should definitely go check out his podcast. It's you know. Always something fascinating, man. That guy is uh, has always something unique to, to say from from an angle that that usually I have not considered things before. So can't can't recommend his his podcast enough. So I think that's going to do it for tonight. I'm going to go ahead and find someone to raid into. Uh, we're going to take away all the stuff. Okay, um, and we're going to find someone to write into. If you have anyone in mind, if you're still with me here, that you would like to see. Oh, boy, it's going to show me again. Okay, I wish it would not do um, that. And we're going to find someone to write into. If you have anyone in mind, if you're oh, still. Boy. I don't know why it's setting up this way on my desktop. But anyway, if you have anyone in mind, now's the time to, to shout it out. Otherwise, I'm just going to kind of pick from, from people I know in one capacity or another. Oh, Ali Osher is doing Rerun Sunday. Okay. 
So we did him recently. Test a new setup. Let's see if Good Morning Comrade is actually. Well, I'm not hearing anything from that channel. I think you might be on mute by mistake. Maybe we'll do Bagel Bites. Bagel Bites, really cool leftist streamer. Oh, sorry about that music there. Uh, we'll just mute that. Uh, so stick with me as we raid in. It, it, it always helps out my uh, standing with the leftist Twitch community if I have more people. Um, and if you like this sort of thing, uh, don't forget to, to hit that follow uh, button so that you'll be notified every time that I go live. And just to, to remind you, I do this... Sunday fun day sort of thing every every Sunday night at, uh, you know, afternoon to evening central standard time. So if you live in that part of the world, just kind of orient yourself by that. And otherwise, just, you know, figure, figure out what the what the difference would be. Um, and then every Friday night, I do a theory stream. So we are almost done with the conquest of bread by Peter Kropotkin, one of the uh, founders or the father uh, fathers of the anarcho-communist theory of, or, or body of, of theoretical thought. <laughs> I guess that's the way to say it. Um, and uh, so we, I think I may have to redo chapter 15 because my, my stream got screwed up um, the last time. So I may be doing chapter 15 again. Otherwise, if I can figure out how to get that out there, we'll be moving on to chapter 16 and there's only 18 in the book. So getting close to the end of that one, I think we're going to do um, Principles of Communism by, by Engels next. Uh, it's a really good, just kind of straightforward overview of, of his conception of what a communist country uh, and government would look like. It's, it's kind of what people think of when they imagine what the, the Communist Manifesto is going to be, if they haven't yet read it. Uh, so we're going to go into that book next, but uh, in the meantime, we still have just a few chapters left in Conquest of Bread. So I hope you'll join me join me from, for that. Uh, and I do that every Friday night, as I said, at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. So I hope to, to see you there. Otherwise, you can follow me in all the different places at l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash bread underscore theory. You can find all of my links to uh, social media, I'm most active on, on uh, Facebook, but I, I also try to keep up with, with Twitch uh, as well. So if you want to contact me there, um, if you're interested in coming on uh, the show at some point, I'm always interested in getting more perspectives into the mix. doesn't matter if you you know, have any particular uh, thing to promote, any, any project to promote yourself, or if you just have an opinion and you want to share, or if you're just curious about the thing and you want to come along with me, as we explore the ideas. Any of that is, is certainly welcome and fine uh, uh, when I'm looking for guests. So, um, that being said, I think we're gonna, we're gonna end it right now. So until next time, friends, Lectam.